Welcome to Terry Messenger's Genius Zone. Are you a passionate person who wants to stand out in your field and become an iconic leader who thrives within your genius zone? Here on this show, I interview people who are heart-centered and passionate about serving the world with an outstanding presence. I will demonstrate here how to tap into your infinite God-given gift and platform your limitless potential to create a world-class business. Rocking and rolling. Hello, hello and welcome to Terry Messenger's Genius Zone. And this is the place and the space where I love to bring some of the greatest people out to share with you something that is going to really benefit your life. And so every week we will bring to our audience something new. And this week we are going to introduce to you a beautiful coach. Now, she is a young lady. She's a mum. She is a mindset coach and she really believes that you do need to be a great role model to your children. And sometimes in order to be that great role model, you have to have boundaries. You have to be the person that finds that balance in life. And I know that just about every single one of us, men and women, could relate to this. So with no further ado, I bring you the beautiful Lenny. Hi, Lenny, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, it's such a pleasure. And it's it's a great pleasure also to have young mums on the show and, you know, who are really wanting to make a big impression on the world. So tell us firstly, whereabouts are you, Lenny? Uh, I'm in Sweden, in Stockholm, actually, so far away from Australia. <laughs> yes, you yeah. are. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I love about these connection calls yeah. because we can reach anywhere, one anywhere in the world, which is absolutely amazing. So tell us about what actually created you, what inspired you to become a mindset coach? Well, it started actually from my own journey, uh, being a mom with young kids and a baby. I was putting all my time and effort for them, which is uh, natural, I think, for moms to do. But it gets to that point that I actually got burnout and um, to manage everything in life, like career and, you know, family, kids. And my kids also autism, so it was extra challenging. And I think when I was recovering, working on my well-being, I also realized it's not about the physical um, energy that you need to have to be able to manage all the things in life. It's also the mindset. And the mindset came down to me setting boundaries and understand that I need to put my own needs first. I need to fuel my cup first to be able to show up for my kids and be present for them as well. So that's kind of inspired me to help other moms as well. Yeah. Wow. So how many children do you have, Lenny? I have two. Yes. Okay. And so one of them has autism? Yes, correct. Yes. Okay. And are they low or high functioning or medium? He's, he's high functioning. So, yeah. 
Yep, yep. Okay. It's interesting, you know, because I was actually discussing the human brain yesterday in one of my in my program I'm running at the moment. I've just added you into the group and you'll be able to actually look at it. But we're describing the way the human brain actually functions. And there's three elements we always you know when I'm teaching NLP we discuss this area of the mind and number one is that we distort information and number two is we delete information and number three is we generalize information and the reason for this is because we have a filter now I was actually um, expressing how I grew up with ADHD and in school, I felt very, very misunderstood. Um, and, I, and, you know, a lot of people can misunderstand um, the elements of, you know, when children are suffering, whether they're suffering from ADHD or whether it's Asperger's or whether it's something a little bit more, you know, severe such as autism, you know, it's not about them not being smart because actually they are in some ways smarter than the average person because, you know, their brain is not filtering the way that a person who doesn't have autism is actually filtering. So they're kind of taking in more information all at once. And it's interesting that I was, you know, um, discussing this in my in my program. How does it affect you? Like uh, I've spoken to women where they are managing children at home with autism. Um, how does it does it impact you, um, or did it impact you in the beginning before you became a coach? Yeah, definitely. I think you, every time you become a mom, uh, you kind of have expectations how life should be and how your kid should be. And I think it was a big kind of a shock for us that he was not behaving like the normal kid, if, if you can say so, and all the extra challenging. Like we tried everything that everyone says you should do with a kid and it didn't work. Uh, and I think that takes a lot of lack of confidence in your parenting and so on. So that was in, um, definitely impacting us as, as parents and especially me as a mom. And you try to do things like other people would do, but he cannot manage to be in big uh, public ways uh, and so on. And he, uh, he had the social anxiety quite early in age as well, kept managing with all that uh, kind of thing. So I can, that kind of brought me up to firstly can understand the mind, the mindset, the autism mind, but also understanding for, for me as a parent to kind of accept that parenting may not be as you have planned and not stress about it and kind of embrace uh, all the uniqueness and uh, amazing stuff that they are as well uh, and kind of try to not put so much pressure on you as a mom. Um, so I think that kind of also was something that I've learned now when I become a mindset coach is to, for you as a mom, how can you look at the situation in the most positive way and in, instead of having, oh, I have a challenging son. Uh, so can I ask, how did you know um, that he had autism? Like, obviously, um, you had a baby and he probably looked very, very normal mm. and everything else. So when did you discover it and, you know, how did you know? 
I think it was about two and a half, three years old. I think when afterhand we saw the signs, of course, when we know them afterhand, but I think it was two and a half, three years old when he, he didn't speak really. Uh, he had really hard to speak and uh, express himself. He didn't always show emotions. And it was when around the three years old, I think, when it's normal for kids to interact with other kids and play and have, find interest in playing with other kids. He never did. He always playing by himself, sitting beside, and he would always come last to the lunch at the daycare when everybody else would sat there because now after him it's too messy when everybody's going in there and everything is sitting down and calm, then he could go after there and sit there and yeah. And so, they're always, kind of, uh, so they're kind of in their own world in a way. Yes, exactly. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? So, um, you know, being in his own world. So tell me, um, what are some of the things that you've put into place to obviously help manage and, you know, obviously help him move forward? Uh, we started very early to use uh, pictures uh, to communicate with him and trying to draw as well. I think that helped him because he's really visual and we see that now he's seven years old as well. Like, like he's just like a memory that's crazy when it comes to pictures. So uh, we started to uh, explain uh, further things like a book. The first time I, I realized that he has social anxiety, I kind of saw that in his body language because I'm, I'm an HSP as well, so I kind of sensed it. But also we read a book uh, that had a picture of, uh, uh, of a child that was outside the, the rest of the child. And he just came back and pointed at that. That was his way of expressing how he felt. So that's kind of using pictures all around like for routines as well, uh, because usually autism kids has hard to transition from one situation to another like using pictures was a very helpful us to help him make it less stressful and be able to communicate to his point as well before he could start speaking as well. So, so is it, do you believe that uh, it's more in comprehension in their brain in actually comprehending information or it, is, it, is it communication or a bit of both? What, what do you think primarily it uh, affects him the most in his thinking and processing. I think it's communicating, uh, uh, of course, processing in the brain. He do, we do see uh, the effects of his thinking differently now when he can't talk, when he uh, interprets stuff in a different way that we do, and it's very like direct and really honest and doesn't complicate too much uh, like many of us maybe do sometimes. Like, yeah, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, but yeah, well, yeah, that's true, you know. So I think it's both like how he interpreted, uh, interprets stuff in and um, but also how he communicated, uh, how having hard to express himself sometimes uh, and how to express it uh, as well. So I think it's a combination of both and that's kind of what we need to find the match and encourage the way he communicates as well and don't uh, push it down like, like that's not the way you say or that's not the way you think or that's a weird way of thinking. I think it's really important to embrace their unique way of thinking as well. So. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that you said embrace because I think that's the magic word, allowing them to embrace who they are and to accept that that's how they feel mm. and also um, as a parent um, embracing that too. So it must have been quite stressful for you as a parent and I know that 
um, and you kind of strike me as being the kind of lady that would have, you know, expectations. I know, um, you know, I, I'm a high achiever and I attract a lot of high achieving people. So, you know, sometimes we, we sort of have these expectations and, you know, when they don't quite go the way we want them to, it can be very disappointing. So I guess that it must have been difficult for you in the, obviously, in the beginning. And do, do you believe that your son had a lot to do with you being kind of like uh, developing a passion um, to become a coach? Yeah, definitely. I think so. Uh, as I finding him so unique and find his uh, being autism and also how it impacted me as, as a mom as well. Like he kind of made me uh, rethink my way of parenting and mindset and the, like the generational cycles, you know, that are coming from your parents and grandparents and so on, that how they view him and the comments that I got and how I felt in my stomach, like, but this is not right. I really need to reconsider my way of thinking and parenting and how we should do and kind of break those generational cycles as well. So That is amazing. And, and I love the way you were an instinctive mother and you knew in your gut. Um, mm. and, I, and I believe that does happen for parents. And I, I guess my message would be that if you instinctively feel something, you know, about your children, um, really just really tap into that because that is guiding quite often that's our you know internal GPS mm. you know really guiding us so that that's phenomenal and uh, you talked about breaking those um, past generational ties as well so mm. tell me what sort of work have you done Obviously, just to give you a little bit of a, you know, an example here. So obviously I train in neuro-linguistic programming. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and, you know, obviously a presenter. And I, I actually, my expertise, because I have been doing this for so many years and I have found that, you know, the modalities are so... Um, I guess, connected, interconnected with the superconscious mind, it can really help just about anything. And when it comes to, you know, breaking wounds of the past, breaking soul ties, I know that how powerful that is. And, you know, quite often the way we are in our life, it comes from down the line, from our DNA, you know, from genera you know, generational ancestral, you know, lineage. So, you know, when you're, you know, looking into breaking some of those things, what kind of modalities um, have you kind of utilised to be able to help through, help other people through those, um, you know, just those stuck and blocked elements that they go through. I've been using, uh, I'm an LFP practitioner as well, so I've been using a lot of those techniques, but basically when it comes to the end, it comes about the, the limiting beliefs and blocks that you have really deep inside unconsciously that you may not be aware of. We can be quite aware of what we are, our weakness and strengths and the, what we think of what's happening in our childhood. But usually it's like the unconscious uh, blocks that we have that we may not know that happen in the very early age. 
that kind mm. of created that belief and also what you've seen when you grow up as a child, how your parenting was behaving. And so that's kind of what you're unconsciously taking on as your own pattern as well. Uh, so kind of identify those and see those that they are not you and really find who you really are and what your parenting, what your wife likes your parents, uh, how you would like to be as a parent and how would you would like to raise your kids and not being impacted by the other ways, like the unlimiting beliefs or the society or what your parents think or grandparents have done before. Uh, so I think that's um, by really going there to transform them and build up the confidence and find your true self and stand up for your true self as well. Yeah. That is absolutely amazing. And it is incredible how we can actually go right back and go down deep and really um, release a lot of those um, beliefs that come from the ancestral lineage. And, you know, this is where I call it legacy, legacy work, because we can be healing four generations that have been passed down the line of shame and guilt and um, sorrow. And we can have internal triggers in us, right, that don't even belong to us, but they belong somewhere along the line in the DNA of, you know, past ancestral lineage. But because we carry that inside of us in our nervous system, which is our subconscious, right, um, that's our filing cabinet. So that's that's the part that comes up and shows up as triggers, patterns, you know, manifestations, whether they be good or bad or happy or sad. So, you know, in your experience, can you tell us a story perhaps about someone you have witnessed um, and helped and perhaps just go through the process a little bit with us um, with someone that you've made a very big impact? Because I know um, when you know neuro-linguistic programming um, and the power of how it can release trauma, it is profound. Do you have a story for us, Lenny? Yeah, I, I have a few one, but I can tell one that I recently had. Uh, we were talking about her and uh, about her relationship with her mother. And she had, she's really lacking self-love and self-confidence and she feel like she ha doesn't have the love uh, for herself or externally neither. And she's realizing she's trying to get that love and acceptance from others the whole time. Uh, from her, like serving her kids the whole time, serving her husband and, uh, and her family and so on. But what she realized when we went through this exercise was that ah, my mother was doing this. Uh, when I grew up, she saw that her mother never put her needs first ever. Uh, she always uh, did, she never did anything for herself when she grew up. She always was serving everyone else and trying to be there for everyone else. And she realized that that's the thing that she's been doing the same, that she's taken on her term because that's how she thought was the only way to get love was to kind of serve everyone else and, and be there for everyone and take care of everything. Uh, so that was the only way that she thought love was uh, being, being able to receive. So uh, we did that uh, transformation uh, exercise and uh, she got to a point where she was a really young kid. And uh, I think there was one time when her mother had expressed something about her needs. Uh, but uh, then she said, I don't remember what it is. 
but she never really went through with that and said, but, uh, but that's, that's not going to happen. You, you, you are more important than uh, yes, my daughter and the family. And um, I think some, somewhere in that line was, was she saying. And I think that kind of set the tone for her. Like, okay, uh, even if you have your own needs and you would like to express them, you are not able to do that because you need to step up and be there for everyone else instead and suppress your own feelings. And so what did, you, what did you actually do with her to actually help her to step into her power um, and to recognise that she's got to love on herself first and really uh, start coding herself? What, what was uh, some of the processes or some of the little sources that you utilised in assisting her to develop her confidence? Yeah, it was. Uh, we were log she was going back to being that kid again, and then she had to tell the little kid to herself uh, all the message and the language and, and the learning that she would like to tell the kid that she know now as an adult. She giving that love and, and acceptance and understanding for that young her, uh, and then kind of embracing that kid as well. We also did that for her mother like you going back to that specific event so uh, seeing her mother as an objective but also giving her mother all the lessening message message she wants to give her the love and learning that she would like her mother to have in that specific situation and then kind of um, channeling all this knowledge back to that event uh, for them to um, embrace this knowledge that she, she knows now and then she kind of also went into her own body as a young kid, receiving all this knowledge and love from her as an adult. And they kind of embrace them, the finalizes kind of embracing each other, realizing they are the same person and giving that love to her young child. That's kind of a healing kind of process that she, she understands that it's, she's loved and she uh, are safe and she are, is accepted no matter what. Uh, so, well, that yeah. is, that is, I love that. So, so basically, um, a person who is triggered in their um, life today and, you know, operating out of old beliefs and serving and doing and um, grinding and, and, you know, stuck in the approval addict um, trap and the yeah. performance yeah. trap and the imposter syndrome almost because they're kind of like trying to be everything to everyone is really being nothing because they're kind of almost stripping themselves of their own title, their own, um, their own claim for their own power. So what I'm hearing is that, you know, a, a person like that can go back to the younger child and do go through that healing and embrace that younger child like they're the fairy godmother if you will that sort of takes themselves back and says you know this is what happened but what did you learn you know if you look at your future and all the things that you are going to be and who you're going to become what did you learn and what did you require in order to you know you obviously required these wisdoms, these experiences, so that you could become the person you are going to become. So 
then it sounds like you take them through that learning process and then you allow them to resource themselves mm. with the self-love or the security and the encouragement and the mm. and the skills and the things that they missed out on and and i mean you would know this lenny because being a mindset coach but how many people actually are impacted because of their own parents right mm. and maybe you know, uh, everyone's experience is different, but even people that have shocking experiences, really harsh experiences, you know, I know that they it's very difficult for them to, you know, be able to understand that that parent was coming from a place that they only knew. They didn't know anything else. So what was missing in that parent? And I wonder if you even take it one step forward and maybe you do and if you don't, maybe this is something too that may intrigue you. Uh, but when I'm doing the personal history change and we're taking um, that person back to identify, to learn and then to give you know, them what they didn't perceive they had, we then look at the other person and we look at what they didn't have because they that parent didn't have that to give their child. Mm. So what did they need? And it's interesting nine times out of ten when I ask people, you know, it's some of them it's hard because maybe their parent hurt them so badly. But, you know, when they go into well, what did they what did they need when they were a child? And then you start shrinking that parent back into being a little a little girl or a little boy. And next thing they're holding them in their arms and looking into their eyes. Um, and this goes for anyone that, that's, that's ever hurt us, right? This is a, a great act of forgiveness um, because it's like you're holding that innocent child and wondering what on earth possessed you to do that? Like what was it that you just didn't have you know and and then okay they needed love they needed a sense of importance they needed all of those things and it's so um releasing isn't it it really is yeah it's mm. just so astounding mm. and so releasing and mm. then the coding work so you know what actually happened with that lady so obviously when you were able to take her back and um, visit her childhood and do all those things. Um, when she, when you saw her again, what were some of the changes you identified? Uh, she, she found that uh, these were only beliefs and this is not the truth. And uh, she's also been working a lot, like writing a letter to her young self as well, uh, with some prompted questions uh, to uh, to give the love and giving the love to her. That's basically the inner child that she's talking to, uh, to reparenting it again with the love and acceptance that she didn't have, and be able to have that um, uh, connection with the inner child that's been healed now, but also being able to to show up. We did some future pacing as well, like how would you act if you are in another situation where this limiting belief would come up? And she needs to phrase that as well, speak it out loud, and then kind of re it like uh, every day, like affirmations. 
and she felt much more confidence and she kind of started like the whole brain starts to work for her like she's think looking at things in a different way uh, both on her child but also her way of parenting and so on so she really be much more conscious about uh, her way of behaving and her parents and uh, thinking so yeah mm. oh that's amazing because mm. awareness to know thyself right mm. And uh, and then it's just helping them to redevelop and recode their patterns and teaching them some really good strategies, even if they're just, you know, morning, little morning routines. And, and really, uh, I guess, just teaching people to listen to their, to their inner GPS because this work we're doing, uh, for those who are listening in, um, this is a very powerful work where we're talking to the superconscious mind. So when, you know, someone like Lenny, who will take someone back to their childhood, they may not necessarily know exactly where or when that was, and they don't need to know because the superconscious is directing because that's the part that is so infinitely intelligent. And I find too, Lenny, one of the reasons that, you know, I have some of the most sceptical people that will end up really loving the sessions. I believe it comes because they're not having to, to talk about story. They're not having to, you know, go through all of that. Uh, in fact, I've, I've got a little story about this because I work mostly with adults and I activate people's success. And, you know, obviously this is Terry Messenger's genius zone. So for you, your genius zone is really in touch with these women, right? What if I told you that the chances are that the reason that you are so passionate about what you're doing is because you have got a similar kind of foundation story yourself. It may, it, of course, it'll be unique because you've got your own blueprint. But what I find is that it is when people actually really, they heal themselves, right? They heal their own story. And like Oprah Winfrey, right? Then they come through and she's got a massive story and they rise up. And, and, you know, when I first started out as a coach, it was always about trauma. I was helping people with the most ingrained trauma and they became so free, so liberated and so released. They, they, it's like they couldn't even comprehend what had happened. And yet it felt so natural to feel light and spacious and, and, and amazing and their mind just didn't really go back to that old scene. But, you know, when they made that, you know, that, that complete transformation at that cellular level, you know, what happened is they elevated. I found that they, you know, they'd come in, they found their voice. They've found their, you know, they've also discovered what they love doing. They've become more interested in life. They suddenly make a stand for themselves and they, they kind of like almost they're developing these boundaries where women who were walked all over by their families, you know, and really just uh, in that position, suddenly develop 
their mojo. And, you know, I, I would have uh, women come to me and say, my husband's saying, who's this bloody Terry? <laughs> and then, you know, and then in other cases, I would have women saying, whatever you're doing, you know, their husbands would be saying, keep on doing it because, you know, it would go one way or the other. But it's interesting that when you change too, the whole world changes. And, you know, we don't have to know what, you know, all the business of that person's life is. We can simply guide them back, release them and do something really quite magical, which is really about, not about us being gurus, but about the human power of this subconscious mind, which is really between the client and yourself. So have you got three secrets that you would like to share? Three secrets for um, the mindset of a mom? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there might be some men too. I mean, I work with both mm. men and women and I love mm. activating people's success because that's mm. what I find predominantly mm. happens, you know, when they when they strip back all of the stuff, when they heal their wounds, they stand mm -hmm. in their power and that's when they're more likely to really, you know, um, you know, know they're what their zone of genius is. So I guess if I was saying what would be the three pillars you would say to women, um, you know, basic uh, pillars, secrets, sources, tips, that you would say to someone out there listening to help them to develop, you know, that balance and that ability to, to just be the light to the world and not feel like they have to be everything to everyone. What would you say? Well, I would say to have, I think one important that you also mentioned in, in the beginning is the boundaries, to set up healthy boundaries and to be sure that you are fueling in your energy and time for yourself. Uh, recharging, personal development, where it is time for yourself so you can be that um, mom uh, or the woman you want to be. But I think setting boundaries, it can be at work as well, not saying yes to everything that the, the boss saying you to do, like be confident to stay up and be sure where put the responsibility where it is. So I think boundaries is definitely one big thing that you should work on, even if you are a man as well, I mean, for everyone, I think. Uh, the second part is to, I would say, to really, uh, well, it is maybe the same like the first one, uh, but, but I would say the second one is to, um, connect with your inner child and I know this doesn't necessarily needs to be you have to do an inner child healing or inner child of uh, exercise but I think try to have some fun in your everyday basically what I'm trying to say like think about back of what did you like to do when you were a child and a kid like my passion was reading and drawing and writing that was my passion like I could do that for hours when I was a kid how can I incorporate that in your everyday life as well? Because that brings a little bit more joy in your maybe busy, challenging right now uh, to get this uh, bit kicks in your your brain to be more happy. And uh, I think that's a really powerful thing to do to embrace those things that you love to doing as a child in your adult life as well. And uh, the third thing would be, um, well, I think it's to be, um, 
be open to to personal also to personal growth i think it's very important to also realize because that's what people like coach i don't take anyone into my as my clients but they need to be coachable and they need to understand and, and want to be growing and i think as i see as my clients and myself like the personal growth and how it's impacting the family how how much it has has done for them in their life so i think the it could be reading books or whatever in personal development but kind of some way act every day or in your life to to keep developing and uh, involving um, your mindset, I would say, yeah. Absolutely, I cannot agree more. And what a great, they are three very great tips and, you know, and they're doable as well. So, you know, uh, really personal growth um, and, and just keeping your mind, you know, in that, in that arena where you are getting better all the time. I mean, you look after your car, right? You know, you would look after, you know, you'd service it if it started to break down. Um, you know, you, you tend to look after all these things, but there's nothing greater than your own mind and body. So when you're investing in your mindset, your physical body, um, what you're doing is you're saying yes to you. You're saying yes to self-love. You're saying yes to better health. You're saying yes to more wealth and more prosperity. So who wouldn't want that, right? Because when you move all that old junk from your trunk, it's amazing how you can really just make room and make so much space for other things. That is so good. And of course, harnessing those fun times like, you know, being able to remember some of the things of old. I mean, whether it's in childhood or any favorite pastimes, whether it's a hobby or, you know, where you've connected with someone. And um, this is really a, a big 101 thing for NLPers because one of the things that, you know, we need to make sure that every coach qualifies in is in the ability to know that they can help their client get into a new state. And that new state, um, you can harness it. You can harness it so that you can bring about into your physical being the memories and you know, fill it with the codes of color and sound and the experience and even the smells and some of those elements that are, were going on around you and then really just anchor it in. I love what you have shared here um, on this podcast, Lenny, and mm. I would love to also um, have your link so that we can drop it into the podcast. So if people want to contact you, they will know exactly where to find you. Do you, can you say where the best place to find you is uh, for, for listeners, viewers that are tuning in? Yeah, I think Instagram is the best place uh, to find me. Uh, it's uh, at well underscore being underscore coach. So, and now my kids are coming here. <laughs> so, that's okay. yeah. Got yes. that's that's nice. I know, yeah. You're a mindset coach. Yeah. So, no, that's great, Lenny. And look, you know, even if uh, our viewers or listeners didn't catch that, wow. it will be in the link 
and thank you so much. Can you wait backstage? I'll have a quick word with you. And um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Wow, what an amazing lady. And look, this is just a very exact example of what I'm talking about when I say your zone of genius, right? Your pain, your story can be transmuted into your glory. And when you know how to do that, that is when your whole world will change. Maybe you have a story. Maybe you would like to showcase what you do, your talent, and I would love to bring you on this show. You can go and find me at Terry Messenger, how it's spelled on the screen, or Terry Messenger, exactly as you would know me from, from this podcast.com. Simple as that. And you can uh, book in a call. We can have a chat. Or maybe you would like to find your zone of genius. And I will actually help you do that. And if you need to dissolve, clear and release all the junk from your trunk first, that is going to be what I call a walk in the park. We'll do that. We'll help you to really heal any of your past wounds and rise into your power. So that's it until next time. Thank you for joining us and bye for now. Thank you for listening to our show. And if you want to know how to tap into your zone of genius, or if you have a gift that you want to platform to the world, go to my website, terrymessenger.com, and where it says Elite Crown Master Key, click on Book a Free Discovery Session, and we will map out your road to success.